good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to the Tinder Bundle. I'm your host, The Wandering Avad, and we've come to another day at Kindling Questions. Now, today's question arose during a Bible study when we were running through Genesis 4, and this is regarding the question of Cain after his exile. Now, today's question to be specific is, where did Cain get his wife from? So let's dig into this. When we open up the scriptures, and we can start at Genesis chapter 4, the beginning begins to speak like this. Now the man, which is Adam, knew his wife, Chava, which is Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother, Abel, Havel. Now Havel was the keeper of sheep, and Cain was the tiller of the ground. Now, we know from here, the story continues that by verse 8, sadly, there is something that rises between the brothers. And in whatever seems to arise up, verse 8, we read, Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And by verse 9, we find out there's a little challenge that begins to happen within the story. Um, in English, we would read, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Now, of course, there's so much that we could uh, dig into and delve into that, but this, that's not pertaining to question. Even the response, And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground and that is verse 10 now what is rather interesting about that verse even though we're on a digression right here is when when god is talking to cain if we look into the hebrew there's something very interesting because we read the words like ma as ta what have you or ashta what have you done and then it says, uh, reading, Kol Dame, the voice of the blood. Ahicha, of your brother. So Achim Ali, you know, Ali, there we go. The voice of the blood of your brother cries out. Now here's what's beautiful, even though on this digression. Let's let's take a stop, Dame. This isn't even speaking about dam, as in a singular, as in the voice of the blood, to say just the blood of your brother Abel. But dame is a plural word. So this is sitting more into the frame of damim. This is the bloods. Now, it's something we couldn't catch in English because we don't speak like that. But traditionally the rabbinic liter literature would point us to the idea of 
you have killed half of the population of the earth by killing your brother. Because the blood, which in Hebrew, the bloods that are crying out is all the children that could have come from Abel. They are crying out. And that is the big significance about this very early murder that takes place. Is that Cain, he doesn't realize that he has just destroyed at that point in time, very close to half of the population that could have come from his brother. And now it's not necessarily right to say half the population, but I hope you understand what I'm suggesting here in regards to the idea of what made this murder so tragic because God wasn't necessarily just looking at the fact that you killed your brother and that was it. It was you killed your brother and all that was in his seed to populate the earth. But anyways, that was a huge digression. Let's get back to the topic. The whole entire thing is after this murder that takes place, uh, when we squeeze on down to verse 16, it speaks about then Cain went from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Verse 17, Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city, and he named it Enoch, after his son Enoch. The question that really comes into play is, okay, we know there was Adam, we know there was Eve. We know this from chapters 1, 2, and 3. By chapter 4, we are opened up with verse 1. Now the man, Adam, had knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've produced a man-child with the help of the Lord. Verse 2, next she bore his brother, Avil, and Abel now was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. Now, here's where the challenge really begins in answering this question. The challenge is in the timeline. You see, we have learned to study the Bible with a Greek mindset, a linear mindset, not realizing everything that we read in Scripture is a A, B, C, D, going consecutively in order. Sometimes something can be happening and then the author will go backwards or even go forwards. It's not always entirely linear. So the timeline is one of the things that begins to present the big question. Because we read chapter 4 right after chapter 3, so we're assuming that the next thing that is happening is happening chronologically. But this is really a story. Chapter 4 is a story that took place in a community and it is about two sons of Chava it's, it's about two sons of Eve it's not necessarily about a chronological pacing of what has happened now we know Cain was special we know Cain is very unique because of how it is written and we read that when it says in verse 4 I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Now, this pushes us back to chapter 3. If we remember, 
after they had sinned, there was a curse that went out. Everybody was told something. But in chapter 315, there is something unique that happens, which is I will put enmity between your seed and his seed. So what begins to happen is there is a promise that is made to our first parents, Adam and Chava. And when that promise is made, they are now looking for a man-child, a son, to come in and fulfill the promise. Now, of course, for those of us who accept the fullness of Scripture, we realize that man-child takes place well into the future, which is the Messiah himself. But in this sense here, they are looking for a man-child, and every man-child that is had, and funny enough, this is why you will read the names that you see written attached to certain particular people as they come up in scriptures. Everyone was hoping they gave birth to the Messiah. So here's the unique thing. Even though she bears forth this child and it is very special, Cain was probably the first man child that was born to Eve. But it is highly possible he was not the first child, period. Now, I know some people would have a problem with this, but in this time frame when the scriptures were written, female were not highly exalted. Yes, they were, because Chava Eve was highly exalted and told she's the mother of all things. So this is a very big title. But the truth of the matter is, they did not emphasize on focusing on the women. They focused on the men because the men were the ones who would continue the seed, which would slowly bring us to whenever the Messiah came. So what we're looking at is the idea of there are females and males being born during this time. And here comes the first male. And he's to be lifted up because finally we have a male child. Now, I know there's some people who may disagree with this, but there are many things within the scripture itself that let us know there was more children happening at the time. For example, by the time Cain has gotten older, there are already people on the earth, and we will see the evidence of that in scripture. Now, we know for a fact Adam had more children than just the ones they focus on, such as Cain, Abel, and Seth. And we read this from going over to the next chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 5. What does it say? This is a list of the descendants of Adam. When God created Adamah, humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them and he blessed them and named them Adama when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years and he had other sons and daughters thus all the days that adam lived were 900 
and 30 years and he died you see we can even see there's there's so many unique things we're seeing here for example when chapter 5 comes around it totally excludes Cain and Abel from the story so we're recognizing whatever portion in the timeline Cain and Abel belonged they are now excluded and now once again in chapter 5 it begins to focus back on the child who would be continuing the generations to lead to the Messiah. And that is how the Bible is written. This is one of the things we got to stay focused on. The Bible is primarily written to exalt the line that leads to Christ the Messiah. It is not necessarily written to record everybody who has existed's timeline. So that being said, when we look at chapter 5, verse 4, we notice it comes to that point where it says, and he had other sons and daughters. So there were children being born. The only thing is Genesis focuses on certain key factors. One, how sin was passed on and degraded the world to the point where two brothers would kill themselves. Number two, there would be a son who would be fulfilling the promise in being the seed to carry out down the line to bring the seed of the Messiah. Now, when we continue to look at this and looking at other people while Cain and Abel were alive, Cain himself alludes to this when he's talking to God while they're discussing his punishment because after he had killed his brother, by the time of Genesis 4, verse 14, we read, Today you have driven me away from the soil. Now, if you remember, Cain was a tiller of the soil. And the, the word that is used with the tiller of the soil, it's very unique because one of the things that we recognize is Cain himself, it wasn't just that he was a tiller of the soil, but in the Hebrew, what do we read? Obed. Now, Obed, a tiller, it comes from the root word Ebed, the Avad the servant, the one who serves. It's almost as if not only was he a tiller, he was one who served the ground. He worshipped the work that he did. Now, this is something that comes from looking into the root of the words. We wouldn't catch that fully in the English. So what we have here is this tiller of the soil. And then what does he say? Not only are you taking me from what I am known to do, Going back to verse 14 in Genesis chapter 4. And I shall be hidden from your face. So he recognizes he will be cut off from God. Now, funny enough, God did not tell him you are being cut off from my face. But he has chosen to punish upon himself to pull himself away. Then he says, I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth. And Anyone who meets me may kill me. That is the key clause right there. Because Genesis 4 verse 14, Cain lets us know in that time of his life. Now, what we do know is this. He was not a young man when he killed his brother. And if we were to use today's genetics, and we could be so wrong. We all like to believe when we read the story of Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were 
created as adults. Now, what is the age of an adult? That is a really big question because we're not talking about the age of an adult in a time where sin has corrupted the whole world. But we're talking, what is the adult before sin came into the world? Is that, is that 15, 16, 17? Is that in the 20s? Is that 30s? We really don't know fully. But what we do know, it is an adult figure. Now, even if it is, so let's, let's put it far-fetched. The adult is in their 20s or 30s. Scripture told us in Genesis chapter 5, Adam, his father, didn't have Seth until he was 130. Which means, if even if we say Adam was 30 years old or 20, when he had uh, Cain, we're talking a time length of 100 to 110 years before it happens. Who knows how much actually happens within that time? We could even take a look around us. Right now, they have that common quote, babies are having babies. We have children at such young age having children. People have become grandparents by the age of 40. So we can see how quickly this thing could span. And we don't understand how perfect their fertility was without sin. Or I shouldn't say without sin because they began to create children after they had eaten fruit. But in that closer to perfect humanity, who knows how this body was actually functioning. But what we do know is by the time of the incident of Cain about to slay his brother, he knows after he has slayed his brother, there are already tons of people on the earth or else he would not be worried about, as verse 14 says, and anyone who meets me will kill me. You see, what we ignore is the fact that during these stories, life is still going on. And the population growth in the early human history was very rapid. And there was probably more women than men on the earth. So we're talking continuous, continuous growth. It is in this time where we hear about polygamy first being mentioned. And I say that in regards of when we read the uh, genealogy that follows Cain, and they give you seven generations. The very last generation stems with Lachmech and Lamech. He chooses to go and have a polygamous uh, lifestyle, and he has two wives. And then he goes and kills another younger man because of an incident that takes their place. I don't want to digress too much going towards Cain and his wife, but what I'm trying to point out is we have a huge population being developed upon the earth and we're slowly, highly developing this earth leading towards the Genesis 6 scenario. Now, once again, I digress. Let's, get, let's, let's pull this back in. Going back to Cain, he's about to leave. He's already expressed in verse 14, there are people on the earth. In Genesis 5, we've already recognized Adam and Eve had sons and daughters all over. We only read about some. So let us get back to the question that is being asked. Where did Cain get his wife from? Because the original question was coming back to verse 17 of chapter 4, which is Cain knew his wife. 
and she conceived and born Enoch. So, that being said, where did Cain get his wife from? Well, after all that long rambling, it is actually quite easy. He either married, and there's three options, and probably could be more, but you'll understand the gist of this. He could have married his sister. He could have married his niece. And he could have married his grandniece. It could have been any of those. And at that time, there was no prohibition of doing this. All they were told was to be fruitful, to leave their mother and father joined to their wife and go and multiply on the earth. So that is exactly what he did. If he's to multiply on the earth, depending on how long it has been, it could have been his sister if it was very early in the game. But if it was closer to 50 years later, or even 80 years later, could have been a niece, could have been a grandniece. We don't fully know which one it was, but what we do know is he married one of his relatives. Now, some people would stand and begin to ask the question, well, what about incest? Isn't that forbidden? Well, first and foremost, if we read the beginning, sin had not corrupted the gene pool enough to give us the genetic deviations that we experience today. Sin has corrupted this world far more than it was when it was just introduced. In addition to that, it's not until about 2,500 years later in the desert with Moses and the children of Israel that God records a new prohibition. And this rec is recorded in Leviticus 18, which says they're no longer allowed to marry or take their sisters as wives. And there's other prohibitions that are attached to that. You know, as we even look at this, I would just want to take a little segue here and just uh, share in a little interesting note. There are some people who hold firm to a belief. It's called the second seed theory. Excuse me. And the second seed theory teaches that Cain wasn't actually Adam's son. Cain was actually a son from the serpent himself. And hence why they believe when he goes out to look a wife, it's not really incest because it's not really. It's more like his step-siblings that he is uh, choosing to get involved with. Truth be told about the second seed theory, it is totally not biblically accurate and there's nothing to truly support it it was just an idea that came about for quite some time and it was really pushed out forward in about the 1600s but that whole second seed theory it's not even worth wasting your time with it's just something very interesting to curi curiously look at but has no biblical foundation attached to it so going backwards back to the question where did Cain get his wife? Cain married one of his siblings. And if it wasn't the direct siblings, it was one of the children's siblings. And this is what was done in the early ages to begin to spread. And as it began to spread and spread and spread, then there was the great mingling. And we read about the great mingling that took place in Genesis 6. Now, I know there's a lot of debate in regards to Genesis 6, and maybe we'll do a video on, on that one day or do a little recording on that. But what we do know in regards to Cain, that's where his wife came from. It's actually pretty simple. 
didn't have to go all this long way to get there. But it is what it is. And I'm glad I was able to share this answer with you guys today. And we hope that you were provoked with some thought and encouraged, most of all, to do some more study. Dig, dig, dig. Well, thank you for joining us today. And if you like what you heard, feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment of your thoughts. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We try our best to upload uh, one of these kindling questions once a week. And if you're interested in the daily devotion, of course, check out our podcast, the Tinder Bundle podcast. And on this podcast, you'll find not only the podcast itself, uh, devotional, but you'll find all these other inspirational and neat things, little practical to do's and not to do's. And you can find this podcast on all your major podcast platforms. Matter of fact, we'll be kind enough to make sure we've provided a link below in the descriptions. And once again, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm your host, The Wandering Avad, and today's Q&A was brought to you, of course, by The Adama Project. This is the Tinder Bundle, and we pray you had a spiritually thought-provoking day. God bless, my friends.